Well, it's getting harder and harder for me to figure out what to do over the weekends besides drink. But I'm sure I will find something to do. This is Drop the Subject Friday. Allie Johnson here. James Simmons. I'm looking at him on this Zoom call because we Zoom, 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 Zoom all day and all night. And Zoom (laughs) fatigue is something that is happening to all of us. I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But we were just off the air talking about what shows we're planning on watching and what networks we're watching them on. And James was talking up Quibi. Yes, man. I feel like no one else is talking about Quibi though. So they had this big launch. And so Quibi is this, is this network. It's just, it's on your phone. That's it. You can't watch things anywhere else. Oh, it's only on your phone. I didn't know that. It's only on your phone. Q U I B I. I think maybe there's a, there's like a pad, like an iPad app or whatever, but there are some, amazing shows on this thing. It is great. And huge A-listers. Chris Hemsworth has a show. What's her name? Who was uh, 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 the sister, the oldest Stark sister from Game of Thrones. She has her own Sansa? show. So yeah, Sansa. Titus Burgess hosts this hysterical show, game show. There's also a game show called Game Show, G-A-Y-M-E. And these two gays and celebrity comedians go through and like take a, like a bro and they put him through a bunch of like gay tests and they see which bro at the end of it is like the going to be the gayest dude for the day or whatever. Like it's brilliant. And there is, they have really high production value. And I did not know that seven minute episodes of great shows was exactly what I needed in my life. You know, it's funny because why not? I mean, seven minutes is probably way beyond anyone's attention span at this point. I don't know how people are going to go back to having to concentrate on one thing for more than four <laughs> minutes with all of the right. Zoom things that we're doing. I'm getting better and better, or at least I'm just doing it more, multitasking during Zoom meetings because I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can listen to this person while also doing X, Y, and Z. And um, I think when we go back to having to actually be in the room with somebody and pay attention during like a conference call, uh-huh. it's going to be a really tough transition. But Quibi is just one of many, many services that are being offered for free right now, right? It's like free 90 day of subscription. And you're like, well, I didn't really think Quibi was on my radar, but sure, why not? It's if it's free. free for 90 days. Yeah. And there are, uh, I mean, booming subscription like for uh-huh. even Netflix. It was like 16 million more people downloaded Netflix. I was like 16 million people did not have Netflix. <laughs> well, and that's, that's globally. So one of the, I actually saw something as well about this. They were kind of like, where does Netflix go from here? Like Netflix is starting to reach that point where everyone who can have Netflix not everyone will have it. They're not. I mean, it probably would be three billion people, but like the realistically, everyone who can and has the money to and the technology and whatever in the world to have Netflix is going to have it soon in like the next couple of years. So then where do they go from there? Like, what's their growth yeah. model after that? Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, I was reading some things that said this is actually bad that so many people are downloading it now because you're like exactly what you said. There's not there's going to be nowhere for them to go. But I don't know about you because I've I've signed up for a lot of things that are free right now. Uh, Katie, my wife, has signed up for like 17 different meditation and spirit guide and, <laughs> you know, hypnosis things. And she's like, it's free for 90 days. And I'm like, okay. okay, I signed up for several things that are it's free for 90 days. And now I have set, I think, no less than, you know, probably 
15 different reminders. Cancel X and Y Z membership <laughs> on this date. Totally. Right. Cancel this, this membership on this date because three months from now, we're all going to be paying for stuff we didn't know we for, we had completely forgotten that we subscribed right. to. That's it, how it works. It, we're gonna get just like completely inundated by all of this stuff. It's gonna be like brrr, like start showing up on our bank account. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't I didn't pay yeah. for this. By the way, Quibi. To Jesse's joking point, Quibi has not paid me to say this. By the way, I'm just. <laughs> I feel like as a service to our listeners, I just want y'all to know. I think this is. You know what it is? It's really good about right. it. By the way, it's the like. I'm washing dishes. And I just kind of want something on in the background that will like slightly entertain me, but that I don't have to really pay attention to. There's a, that's a very specific, that, that, that's my jam then, because my, I will I will spend way too many minutes deciding what to watch in, even if it's something new, I will press play and then I'll immediately get up and walk out of the room and start fiddling with things and just cleaning something or getting tea. I don't know whatever I'm doing, but I cannot just sit there and be like, all right, we're watching this now, Allie, just you and me. Um, As soon as I'm watching something by myself, I have to be doing an activity. So that actually makes sense. Now, how many, I'm just curious, going back to the scavenger hunt for one second. Uh Uh-huh. You were supposed to get a point for every day that you don't drink. How many days in a row have you gone without drinking? And is drinking losing its luster? Uh, yes, to the last question, it is losing its luster. I so I was trying uh, yesterday when I was calculating. I think that in a, in a seven day span, I had only not drank two days. And I even took, there was one one or two of those days where I just had like a few sips of Chris's wine and that was it. Like I didn't really, but I technically drank, so I counted it. Um, but I, I, I went on this rampage earlier in the week to, I was like, we're done drinking. Ah, we're not doing this. And then I literally bought three bottles of wine when I went to the grocery store. Oh, we buy bottles of wine. We buy bottles of wine at the grocery store because we're like, well, we're at the grocery store. We might as well buy we might wine. As well, yeah. And so we load, and then we're like, well, if you get ha- you get ten percent off if you buy six bottles, so let's just do that. And then we get home, <laughs> and then we just drink all the wine. And then next time we go to the grocery store, well, we're here. We might as well buy wine. So we just are in this weird cycle. But then drinking wine, like I'm okay, it's Friday tonight. I'll probably have some wine. And then I'll feel a little buzz and then I'll be like, ah, ah, and then it just wears off and I can't get, and then I'm just like, like, I don't know, it's it's losing its excitement. You're just kind of drinking and then you're just sitting there drunk on your couch and you're you're like, like, and you're doing it while watching a Zoom, which we are all starting to get over, which we are going to talk about next. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Our producer Jesse just did that classic move where he's talking for five to ten seconds while muted. And uh, this is uh, definitely a senior move there, Jesse. <laughs> nice Rookie stuff. move. Okay, um, Okay. <laughs> uh, this is Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And Zoom fatigue. Have you been experiencing it? I'm just going to go ahead and answer that question for you. Yes. Everybody <laughs> is doing everything on Zoom right now. I had a three-hour Zoom class last night. In addition oh. to the four hours a day that we spend on Zoom together, four hours plus. I'm, so I'm surprised you're even here today, Allie. You're like, whatever, don't look at me. It was it was a little rough to go to bed to literally click off Zoom, close my computer, go to bed, wake up, click Zoom and start like it's it's really exhausting. But there's uh-huh. a reason why it's exhausting. And we will get into a little I, I also want to talk about what your Zoom 
etiquette says about you because I th- I noticed last night there were a lot of different things happening and different different people are doing are zooming in different ways and I do think it says something about how you participate in a group activity like that but let's just talk for a second about how it is making us exhausted my wife actually got this article sent to her entire company Whoa. to say hey guys well, you're probably experiencing this and here's an article so you can kind of read up on it so this one's from Axios and it talks about the other pandemic woe that is plaguing a lot of people, which is Zoom fatigue. The rapid trajectory of video conferencing has entered a new phase. And what started as a social lifeline has now been, of course, we know, a sin object of privacy and security concerns. Mm-hmm. And it's all, all also just be, it's wearing on us. It's making us exhausted. And there are some reasons for this. It says that com- video conferencing it imposes a cognitive and a psycho- psychological friction and it gravitates and it aggravates some of our social anxieties. So as experts in human computer interaction point out, using Zoom means putting on a show for others without being able to rely on the cues that we primates depend on in physical encounters. Whoa, that's uh, can, can we simplify that? I'm glad that there are computer human interaction experts or whatever, but <laughs> for after years of having to simplify complex medical things into you know, digestible bite-sized chunks, mm-hmm. th- here's the thing. I feel like this is too, we, we're going to get to this, but there are two things that are going on with this. Like we're constantly having someone stare at us. So we feel like we're on all the time. That is exhausting. When you're having dinner with someone, you A, we're used to that. We've been doing it our whole lives. And B, you can take those cues and like, this person's going to the bathroom. They're looking away. They've checked their phone. They're ordering. There's breaks. There's natural things. We're not forced to keep eye contact all the time. Like all of those things that we're sort of used to, you don't do on Zoom. Be- and I, the the other thing that I, I almost did it there. E- ooh, uh, e- uh, <laughs> the, that thing right there makes you think that people are not focusing on you or paying attention or hearing you. And it's very, very frustrating because if there are unnatural pauses in human, like face-to-face conversations, we're like, what's wrong with this person? Are they ill? Are they sick? Do they not care what we're talking about? Like whatever. Well, that happens all the time in Zoom calls and it is exhausting. No, you, you make a great point. And these human computer experts point that out, James. I know you're naysaying that, but they said I mean, said I'm sure they're lovely. They just don't need to, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, it's they're, funny. they're boring. <laughs> the, they are boring. I think they know they're boring though. They, they right. point out that slight audio lag or the talking when you've got your mute button on, those little mistakes or your in, your internet connection being all messed up, those things exhaust people to mm-hmm. have, because you're used to just being able to insert yourself into the conversation, speak up when you have something to say. Now there's this added layer of, okay, they're saying something and then I can say something, but I need to unmute myself and then they're going to be, and then and now that I'm done talking, I should unmute, I should mute myself again because my dog's barking in the background. Like there are all these layers and different thoughts that are going through your head before you decide to even speak up. Uh-huh. Um, you're also critiquing yourself for however long the video is lasting because you are staring at yourself on a screen Ugh. and similar to a puppy being on screen, you cannot look away from the puppy on screen. If you're seeing yourself on a screen, you can't help but look and judge yourself, look at and judge yourself during that entire time or worry about how you're being portrayed to other people the entire time. And that gets exhausting. 
it it does get exhausting. I the there's I think it's really funny too. You know, you were talking earlier about like people's Zoom etiquette or whatever, and uh, I, I, Chris is one of those people who um, Chris is very, like very can be funny and witty and inject things, but he'll inject them like on video chats, and then people are like, "Wait, what? I can't. What did you? I can't hear." And then you have four people talking at one time, yes. and then like the joke's lost, right? Because the timing of the joke is completely done, and then everyone, and then it's silent. Completely. I uh, like, I mean, Whatever. I'm used to my jokes not landing in a lot of ways, but it is a lot more awkward in Zoom because there's this lag and you're like, is there a lag? And then they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, there's no lag. I guess you just didn't think I was funny. Yeah. So it doesn't do a lot for the self-confidence. But then uh, the bottom line on all of this is that Zoom is exhausting because everything is exhausting right now. And you shouldn't feel bad for being tired. And you can't drink through it because that's lots of luster as well. But there are happier times ahead, I hope. And more Drop the Subject is ahead, huh? There's that. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject here with Allie Johnson and James Simmons, who, in case you didn't know, is a nurse practitioner, which means we can at ask the NP anything we want. <laughs> anything that you are afraid to ask your MD, you can ask the NP. First, I wanted to ask you about what did you your thing last night was like about COVID toes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yesterday's uh, video where I've been doing something called the Daily Dose uh, uh, at Ask the NP. And so people ask a question for at first I was doing like these big, long videos and they were great, but they're too much. So we're just one question a day. COVID toes, tingling of the and numbness of the toes and feet with like a hot heat sensation. It's turning up as like a new sign and symptom of COVID-19. Not new. We're just recognizing it more. Kind of like the loss of taste and smell. Several weeks ago when we were like, oh, people can't smell and then they're turning COVID-19 positive. Ha ha. So now we're seeing this in actually younger people and kiddos. So my official recommendation is just because your toes might be tingling does not mean that you have COVID-19. Also, if your numb, if your feet are numb and your toes are tingling for more than just several hours, you probably should seek medical help because it could be something else serious going on. And then at that time, maybe you can get tested. Well, thank you for that. Wanted to also ask you, I know this is a popular question going around right now, James. <laughs> should we all be injecting disinfectants to beat coronavirus? Because... Uh, I, oh, I know boy. that your answer might be no, but that confuses me because the president of the United States said Supposing this. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. Okay, so do you have thoughts on this, James? Should we be doing what the president is suggesting? And like he said, he's not a medical doctor. This would need medical doctors, but he's suggesting that medical Mm. doctors should look into it. Um, You know, it builds up in the lungs, so why don't you just drink bleach to uh, combat COVID? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Do you recommend this? No, <laughs> unequivocally. I, I want to make a joke about this, but yeah. I literally cannot even bring myself to do it. So just anyone listening, by the way, don't. I, I don't know how to clearly say this. You are not a countertop. Countertops can be rid of coronavirus with bleach or Lysol. That's great. You are not a countertop. Do not drink bleach. Do not drink Lysol. Do not eat Tide Pods. Do not drink any sort of uh, disinfectant or laundry detergent. It will kill you full stop. This is the most asinine thing I think I have ever seen. God bless Ambassador Dr. Burks that he keeps calling Deb. I want to strangle him for that. Ambassador Dr. Burks had to sit there patiently while he stared at her, asking her if we can do this. We do not need to do any research on the impacts of drinking bleach. Like we know this already. We know that it will not kill. It'll kill coronavirus inside of a person by killing the person. Like that, this is unbelievable. And then the, just on the UV light thing, by the way, the amount. Oh yeah, because he said that like a a very powerful light could also help. Just very powerful light. You know, it can get inside you, like, you know, like through the skin. Yeah, the the amount of UV light required to kill coronavirus would fry a human being. It would kill a human being. So yes, this report came out yesterday that Lysol and bleach do a great job of apparently killing all coronaviruses, particularly COVID-19 when used on surfaces. That's great. They will do absolutely nothing for you if you ingest them, but cause you great, great harm and most possibly death. You know, it's it's interesting to have been having this experience while being on the airwaves with you because I've heard you say on so many occasions, we just don't know. We just don't know. And this is perhaps the first time where you're like, no, we 100% know <laughs> that you should should not be injecting drinking cleaning supplies. Uh, Also, especially (laughs) because we just need them. I mean, everyone's stocking up on them to clean their homes on a regular basis. But this is, I mean, this is where I think, do you, are you hearing yourself? Do you know that your words affect people? Because there are people out there who, like this guy's obviously talking out his ass. There's obviously, he's just saying whatever comes to his mind because that's part of, what he does anyway but in a time like this to know that your words have meaning and know that somebody is going to hear you and go oh okay oh well that that seems easy because i can get lysol at the store so why don't i just go do that and And then then just spray spray myself in my mouth with lysol don't don't do exactly and then you read stories like christina cuomo saying that she's taking Clorox baths to treat her COVID-19. So even people like that doing those things, you're like, there's so it, I don't think he realizes the power of misinformation, Mm -hmm. especially when it's relatable to people. That's something that people have under their sink. Yep. Like, and Oh, because we're all so scared. This is the thing. He, he's even confused. He's representative of lots of people in the country and the fact that, oh, well, this thing kills it here. Why can't it kill it here? Like That's a very logical thing. Like, I, I don't mean to demean people for asking these questions. It's literally why I do ask the NP. But I, 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 that's not how it works. And as the president of the United States, who's getting better ratings than the Super Bowl, and everyone's watching these coronavirus conferences, you have to be responsible with the things that come out of your mouth. And you cannot unequivocally say 
stupid dumbass like drink bleach and Lysol. It it infuriates me. Okay, all right. I'm gonna soothe you. We're gonna take a break. When we get back, we will talk about that NFL draft that everyone knew was going to be an S show, and it actually wasn't too bad. But there were some memorable moments. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject, Allie Johnson, James Simmons. We were talking earlier this week about the NFL draft, and everyone was going to watch it, even though, like, I have never watched an NFL draft in my life. I see the footage sometimes in the background when I'm usually in the studio around the radio station. And then they announced that everything was going to be virtual, and we were like, oh man, this is going to be awful right it's gonna be a car accident as randy (laughs) cardoon said it's gonna be a car accident that no one's gonna be able to look away from so we we did watch bits and pieces of it yesterday started at around 5 5 p.m pacific time but it actually surprisingly didn't go that bad the one thing that was really cool and fun to watch which is always fun to watch is that lag of one person finishing their sentence and then it cuts to another group of people that are all on zoom and there's that five to ten second lag where everyone's just staring into their cameras like idiots going (laughs) and then one person's like yeah, it's, that's absolutely right, Tom. Uh, you know, but they actually had a fair amount of cuts that worked really well. And it, I think it overall was a pretty kind of flawless for what they were yeah. able to pull off. I thought I thought they were absolutely able to pull it off um, much, much better. You know, we had talked about last week that they had some technical glitches in their like r- practice uh, run throughs. And there was that story about Ron Rivera, who's the coach of the Washington Redskins, who was like going to have his daughter like crossing things off on the whiteboard and whatever. Because for those of you who don't know, the NFL draft is it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I mean, it's a big deal for lots of different reasons, but it's seven rounds. And it lasts like three or four days. And they typically do this whole draft thing. Like I got to see a little bit of it when it was in Chicago and they do this whole, like it's a party and there's celebrities and there's concerts and there's all this stuff that goes on around it. And it's kind of a big deal. So they're going to be continuing to do this draft for the next three days, like through the weekend. It's a little bit insane. Um, And just for those of you who are football fans who may not have been able to tune in or whatever there were, absolutely no surprises in the first 10 picks whatsoever. Joe Burrow, who is the, um, he's like the Heisman star QB, winning, right? Yeah. Heisman winning national championship, winning quarterback for the, uh, uh, for LSU tigers. He went number one to Cincinnati. That's really all you need to know. Everybody else kind of fell in line where they thought they'd go. What's interesting now is the surprises start to come in these later rounds, um, where you get, you know, the the what's his name? That guy who was the quarterback for the Patriots for forever, who won like six Super Bowls. I don't remember his name. Oh yeah, I think Vald- his name is Voldemort. Stan. Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. Um, I, he went 249th. So you know, they always talk about oh, these guys that are that go late in the round, you can't sleep on them. So it was it was very very interesting. And who knows if we'll even be playing football this fall or where the draft will be in the future. Like, who knows? I know. It's crazy. Well, uh, one moment that was very confusing for a lot of people came from Roger Goodell himself, who took the opportunity from his basement to announce where the NFL draft was going to take place in 2022. But he he basically just succeeded at confusing everybody. Take a listen. We thought it would be fitting here at pick 19 as the Las Vegas Raiders welcome their second selection to make a special announcement. As you may know, we are scheduled to host a draft in Dallas, excuse me, in Vegas this year. 
And we thank so many for the effort they put forth to prepare that possibility. And we think you deserve another shot. So we're happy here to announce that tonight, the Las Vegas Raiders will host the 2020 NFL Draft. Okay, so the the draft that took place yesterday, surprisingly, (laughs) is going to take place in Las Vegas at their new stadium. So everyone was like, wait, what? Okay, so you messed up the Dallas thing and then messed up the year. But it just goes to show nobody knows what day it is. And I think Roger Goodell doesn't even know what year it is. What what year it is, right? By the way, speaking of that stadium in, in Las Vegas, I don't know if you, uh, y'all have seen it. Those are listening who have been, who have seen it there. Uh, that thing is crazy. It looks, looks like a spaceship. Su- it looks like a spaceship, and it's like deep into the ground. So when you drive by it, it actually doesn't look that big. And then when you catch a little glimpse of the inside, you're like, whoa, that's like the biggest thing I've ever seen. It's like so cool. It is. It's pretty cool. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, People are adopting puppies like crazy right now. And I actually think when these puppies become dogs, it may not work out so well for them. We're going to talk about this because I think there's a lot. uh, There's a lot of layers to this and a lot of poop on people's floors right now. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Another hour of radio yumminess on Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. This is James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson and... We're talking puppies and geekies and little puppies, mama, chicken, please, Robert. Yum yums. Oh, that's so puppies. Uh, listen, my my dog's name is Jack, but he has seventeen different nicknames, and. Mm-hmm. Like many people, apparently, I was like, Bubba Jones needs a... Uh, <laughs> Bubba Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he has so 14 nicknames. I'm like, Bubba Jones needs a friend during during lockdown. And Chris was like, he, we are his friend. <laughs> like there, he Bubba has Jones no- doesn't need a friend. Why don't we ask Bubba Jones how he feels? Right. Huh? Did you ask Bubba Jones how he feels? What a Papa T needs a cuddle buddy at night. He's like, who's Papa, Papa T? T? I mean, I told you he has 400 trillion nicknames, This, but he still responds to Jack, which is great. So anyway, Bubba, Bubba T, Papa T, Bubba <laughs> Jones is um, <laughs> squishy face. He uh, is a single solo dog. But lots of other people have succumbed to this and didn't have wiser partners, I guess. And people are adopting lots of pets during during lockdown. And, Pup, and- yeah, puppy sales have skyrocketed. And here's the thing. Yes, it's crossed my mind as well. Like I said, <laughs> drinking has lost its luster. And that's when you start going for impulse decisions and impulse buys. And the impulse buy... Like impulse buying is strong right now. Oh, People are just man. making crazy decisions and and decisions that will last many years. That's the thing about adopting a puppy. I've I was w- w- walking with my wife the other day and I was like we should get a puppy and she's like the only this is like the one time that she's the voice of reason and being like no I don't want what are we gonna do with the cats will hate the dog I'm like you're right she's like we have don't have a lot of space I'm like you're right um, we're we're talking about having kids soon so we don't need that much complicate yes you're right and then I'm like but it's but it's but we're to do it the- anyway right <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna be home anyway and here's the thing yes people are adopting puppies like crazy and they're gonna continue to do so and I think some people are warning hey don't just impulse buy a puppy a puppy's a big responsibility we read about it in all the kids books but still 
I predict that nine months or a year from now, when we're living a little closer to normal than we were before all this happened, uh-huh. there's going to be a big uptick in animals being returned to shelters mm. because people, they this happens when, when Game of Thrones came out, everyone was buying huskies. Yes. Everyone was like, oh my God, huskies. People were buying mini pigs when those little teacup pigs came out. Everyone's just like, nah, I need to have a tiny pig. I get it. <laughs> I was one of the people that wanted to have a tiny pig that can fit in the palm of your hand. I understand. But then people realize all of the responsibility that goes with it and the impulse buy has faded away and you're left cleaning up a bunch of poop and pee and Uh having to walk a dog that you didn't think about having in the first place and then you return it to a shelter and the shelters suffer because they're like this huge influx in husky dogs or there's going to be a bunch of one-year-old dogs from now like a year from now they're going to be like and they're not going to know what to do with it well and they're they're kind of right now anyway because they're what's happening is so many places are in lockdown and 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 depending on where you are uh, like foster, what am I trying to say? Where they were animal shelters are not necessarily considered an essential service depending on where right. you are. So you can't go adopt, but there's so many people who have actually given up their pets too. They're stray pets. So this whole system of like pets come into the animal shelters and then come right back out, it's not happening. They're just going into the animal shelters and they're actually getting overwhelmed. But a lot of these organizations, the ones that are like private and not government run, aren't having the money, the income to then keep their staff on full time. So it's, they're in this sort of weird place of there's lots of pets going into shelters, but nobody's adopting really because it's not necessarily an essential service. So we, you would think we need people to adopt, but at the same time, exactly to your point, what you don't want to create is a bunch of people adopting pets and then giving them back nine months or a year later. And I mean, we had been talking about sort of getting another dog already and, We'd actually even tried it out last fall with with the cutest, cutest little guy who was like going to end up being a monster. He was like eighty five pounds at seven months old. And <laughs> oh, no, my <laughs> yeah, god! What kind of dog ginormous. was it? He was like a Dane pit mix, oh, that's lab awesome. mix or something. I don't know. He was just ginormous, but he was like he had the energy of like a lab puppy. So he was just like slobbery and running around everywhere, and he was great. He ended up going to a much better home for him at the time. And I, I st- I'm very glad that we made that decision. So that was kind of all that Chris had to say. He was like, oh, you want to, that dog's name was Lucky. And he's like, oh, you want this to be like another Lucky? And I was, mm-hmm. it, it did, it sort of snapped me out of it for a second. And I was like, all right, all right, fine. Because we both like work. I mean, we're both here all the time. That was my argument. But we're both in in our separate rooms for like eight to 10 hours a day. Right. And you're right. Think People are home all day right now. It doesn't mean they're going to be home all day all the time. So totally. there is going to be a change and the dog's not going to know how to adapt to that change. They're like, okay, well, I was born and then brought into this home and they're here all the time, which is awesome. And I get to lick their little faces all the time and I've got my cute puppy breath. And then in a year... But, you know, the, the, they're gone all day and I don't uh, know how to handle it. And I have separation anxiety. Super I think anxious. Yep. We're, we should definitely do all sales final. No return policy Ooh. when it comes to puppies. Don't buy Craigslist puppies. And also don't give in to the puppy scams because there are many puppy scams right now going on. Because when things like this happen, the scammers, they, they stand at attention and they get creative. There's a puppy scam I just read about where they're... 
they're selling puppies, but then saying that there's an extra insurance that you need to buy and like crate transportation fees and things like that because of coronavirus. Scam. What? Total scam. Listen, think really, 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 really hard and long before you adopt and make sure you follow all the rules and make sure you're ready. This is a lifelong responsibility. If you don't have 20 years to give to this pet, don't do it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, it didn't come to much of a surprise to a lot of people, but it is good news to say that the big stimulus bill, the second one, passed in the House yesterday. So, of course, it's it, they were expected to pass it. They did indeed pass it. And we, we went through some of the nuts and bolts of it earlier in the week, but... They have approved a $480 billion funding bill that will replenish the PPP, which is uh, money that has been given to small businesses, also gives, I believe, uh, $60 billion for disaster relief, and uh, and it also is giving $75 billion towards hospitals. So it will... um, and, and another ten billion for administrative costs. So there's they've allocated this money to different areas, but uh, we went over some of the uh, some of the bigger brush strokes, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the week. And um, this is again not going to it's it's going to make a small dent. But as I believe you were saying earlier in the week, James, it this money for small businesses is going to last probably an additional ten days. Yeah, I think that's really uh, sad and unfortunate, which is why we see so much political pressure from individuals. You know, today is officially the day that uh, Georgia reopened. I think it was technically 11 p.m. last night they reopened. But uh, Georgia's open today for business. Uh, More businesses in them in Georgia open on Monday. South Carolina, Tennessee are going to sort of slowly start trickling out faster than other places. Um, So. It is sad that the money is not going to last very long and that there's this pressure to get everyone back to work or back to an economy. And I get that. Uh, But I I just I don't think we're ready yet. But I'm glad that we're at least kind of continuing to move forward to prop up small businesses. One of the things in this bill that I think is really tremendous that I don't think we're talking enough about is that there are twenty five billion dollars allocated for testing for testing, which is is, you know, you ask the experts And we will tell you that testing has to be robust and we have to have a lot of it for us to get back to this. So listen, we're all going to either have to have negative tests or antibody tests before we're going to go back to sort of any normalcy. And I honestly believe we are, you know, we're talking about the NFL earlier on the show. I honestly believe if we're going to go to a Rams game this fall, we're going to have our ticket as a QR code on our phone. And we're going to have another QR code on our phone. That's going to say, I either have a recent negative test within the last two weeks, or I have tested antibodies. So what I sort of don't understand is why we're not allocating like all of this money for testing. Like we're just going to have to test everybody. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, we're now learning that there are lots of different places around the country where COVID-19 has started to become the leading cause of death. Yeah. In Los Angeles County, number one cause of death this year. And that's ahead of heart disease and stroke, which heart disease is always the leading one, isn't it? Yeah, like heart disease is always the leading cause of death, just like every year. It's just like number one, regardless of population. Stroke, Alzheimer's disease, other neurocognitive, um, you know, like dementias, uh, cancer, obviously, those are kind of the top five. And in terms of of 
you know, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who is the head of the um, L.A. County Public Health. Uh, she's amazing and fantastic. Uh, she, you know, she said for the things that we track based on what we've tracked so far this year, COVID-19 has killed more people than these other diseases. So, you know, we're on trend to there were some reports earlier on uh, in the month that COVID-19 was the now the biggest killer in the United States overall. Uh, and that is kind of true. There's an asterisk next to it. I think we just have to be really careful about um, how these, you know, being st- a little bit too excitable about these numbers, because ultimately what we can look at is equivalency months. So we can go back to 2018 is usually where they look back to. So did the same number of people die of heart disease between January and April compared to the number of people who died of COVID this year? Well, I see. It's sort of, you're kind of comparing like, you know, I don't know. I don't have a good fruit analogy. I was going to say apples to like pears. Like they're Come not- on, you're a gay guy. You don't have a good fruit analogy? Uh, Hey-o. <laughs> you know, it's it, you kind of can't quite compare it exactly that way. Bottom line, North Carolina, New York, Los Angeles County, many other places around the country, unfortunately, COVID-19 is the number one cause of death right now. And though this might not be impacting you directly from a disease standpoint, it's impacting all of us from an economic standpoint. And this thing is real. It's real. Well, and... It, it is. And I mean, Andrew Cuomo, he also announced, just speaking of other testing, he, they did a statewide antibody study and they collected 3000 stamp samples from grocery stores and other places. And I just want to touch on what the difference is between a covid test and an antibody test, sure. because they said that 13.9 percent tested positive for antibodies. 21.2% tested positive for antibodies within New York City. What does that mean? That they've been exp- it's that they've been exposed? Yeah, so when you're exposed to something other, so outside of your body, that your body immediately automatically builds up a defense against it. And your body decides, is this a bad other or an other that I can just tolerate? So something like coronaviruses come into your body and your body's like, whoa, this is not good. I don't like her. We're going to build up an army against her. So first, we're going to do everything we can to try to kill her, which is why we get like fevers and things like that, because we're trying to kill it off. Once we recover, so those people who are lucky to recover from COVID-19, or were the ones who had either very mild or no symptoms at all, once you have recovered and your body has eliminated the virus, you no longer are are sick with COVID-19, you have built up antibodies. That army remembers who she is, so that the next time you get exposed to COVID-19, your army's already prepared and she knows what to do to keep the virus at bay. But when when you I know we have to go, but what do you, if you have antibodies, does it mean that you have had coronavirus or could yes. you have developed? Anti- OK, yes, yes. So you so get then it, we know that infected. at least 20 percent of people in New York as, as a result of this test have tested positive for coronavirus. right, which is really all this to say. Well, it's saying 21.2 percent of people in New York City of these 3000 random samples, 21.2 percent right. of them had antibodies, which probably means it's much higher than that. Probably on the fold of 40 to 60 percent have actually been exposed at this point. Ooh, lordy. All right. New York News It or Lose It is coming up next. So don't go anywhere. I have uh, there's an asteroid headed towards Earth. Oh, no. What's yes. that about? Will James lose it or news it? We'll find out next. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It time has just begun on Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. There is also concrete being mixed in my parking lot all day long today. So if you've heard any of that, it's uh, it's there's a rumbling and a churning that is in my ear and will be all day. Uh, so hopefully you can just we'll just go crazy together. All right. There you go. Uh, I've got three headlines in front of me and you've got three choices to make. James, are you ready? Sure right. is. Let's do it. Head- it's Friday. Let's- yes. Let's talk about. A giant asteroid that is flying by Earth next week and how it actually pertains, the look of it pertains to what's going on in the world right now. You know I love a giant asteroid. Ah. Oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Gayest News headlines, by the way, those are up next. Headline number two, how to quote, commute when you're still working from home. Uh Uh, yeah, okay. Ooh. Okay. I'll do that because I drove yesterday for the first time longer than, well, in first time in like five or six days, longer than like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, I had forgotten how to drive. Yeah, I know. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Uh, and then finally, headline number three, PETA offers Spain $269,000 to ban the running of the bulls forever. Oh, poor PETA. I know. It's super not fun because they don't always do great things to those bulls afterwards, is my understanding. No, I would imagine yeah, not. But um, that's okay. No, I want to keep it light. It's Friday. Yay! No. Okay. Yay. Lose it. Uh, all right. Headline number one. Let's get into it. A giant asteroid. It is 1.2 miles wide. It's going to fly Whoa. by Earth next week. And it is not expected, just alert, not expected to collide with our planet. We have enough problems already. But the asteroid is causing quite the buzz because it appears to be wearing a face mask. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm not getting that Rona either. She's like, this is an essential flyby. I, I am just on the way to get milk and some cat food. And she's like, I'm going to put on that N95. Picture <laughs> the other asteroids being like, wait, you're going to Earth right now? Right. Like, Are you, um, have you heard about what is going on there? You need to wear a face mask. She's like, okay, let but me I need this to, up. I need to go. I need to, I need she's to go like, to the I, other part I of the universe. To. I have to. I'm an essential asteroid. Like, some, you know, I just, I don't have the choice. I can't asteroid from home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need to commute. Right. Uh, so it will, it's expected to fly by on Wednesday. And, uh, it, you know, this is just, this happens all the time. But if you want to look at the picture, we'll put it up on, uh, on social media at DTS show so you can see if it is wearing a face mask. It's kind of funny. It sort of looks like an asteroid. They're always wonky shapes, but it does look like mm-hmm. there's this weird cap on the top of it. <laughs> it kind of looks like I it's love wearing it. She's like, I'm wearing my face shield, my mask, yeah. my gown, my gloves. She's like, God, I can't yeah. believe I have to go past Earth. Not dealing with this. <laughs> All right. For those of us who are dealing with this, here's how you can, quote, commute from home without a commute. Because mm. there are, we've talked about this before. Transition time from one activity to the next is something that is not happening right now, and it can be jarring. Like, usually when you finish work, you have some downtime to travel from one thing to the next, and right now that's not happening. So you're just like, okay, I'm done, and you're met with the next thing, and it can be kind of a weird uh, switch. So 
they have commute ideas for your journey from, uh-huh. say, the bedroom to the living room or the living room <laughs> to the kitchen table. The journey. Yeah. <laughs> So they say things like giving yourself 20 minutes or so before or after an activity Uh just to do nothing to, say, scroll on Twitter or read an email or like that time that you would have been using to commute. You can use it to read a book or stretch or just give yourself or just stare out the window. Go out on your balcony if you've got one. Talk to your plant. Talk to your kids or your roommate or your pet or your partner or whoever. Don't drink. Just to... Don't drink, no. <laughs> uh, they say put on shoes. That's an important thing. Mm-hmm. And like act like you're about to get in the car for a commute. Even if it's just some flip-flops. If you if you wear bras, put on a bra, take a shower, get ready for the day, get fully dressed. If you if you really want to go for it or if you want to get points for the scavenger hunt. <laughs> and right. then they say that there's a, a method timer throughout the day that you can do. It's it's, it's the Pomodoro method timer. Huh. You can set that throughout the day to get things done. Even if the dishes are calling, a repair project is sitting in front of you or you just want to crawl back into bed. Uh, I don't know what this is. I guess it's an app that you can use to help you kind of like manage your time throughout your day. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've, I've they, seen this thing. It's that we talked about that before, I think, right? These like time chunking, time blocking, yes, right? Like, I think that's like what it set is. it. Like, we, I did that today, actually. We did the like, I was like, I'm doing the dishes today at 11 a.m. Oh, <laughs> like, that look is at the, that. The, the I'm going to do them at this So, you just did time. your dishes? Yeah, like right before, I was like, I'm going to finish these dishes come hell or high water. There we go. <laughs> Some other tips are stay out of the bedroom. We know that Um, unless you like some, you know, like lunchtime, sexy time, because that's a nice time as well. That's a good like commute break. Rearrange your furniture. Your living space was arranged for a certain way of life that doesn't exist anymore. So if you want to rethink what you want from your new office, maybe that means hauling out the TV and the video game consoles and keeping those in the bedroom, making where you sleep the designated chill out and hangout room. So the living room can be more of a space focused on productivity. And then finally... Keep your computer, your work computer, off all weekend. That's another thing that will separate your work life from your home life is trying to just stay off of the things that you use for work during the weekend. So just a few tips and tricks there. Yeah. Love it. That has been your News It or Lose It. Asteroids with masks and commuting when there's no commute. And Gayest News Headlines of the Week are up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. James Simmons guest co-hosting with your Ali Johnson. And it's Friday and I feel like singing. Listen, one of my favorite things we do every week is gayest news headlines of the week. Some of the ones we have had in the past have just been absolutely phenomenal. If I... If memory serves me correctly, Allie, uh, last week we had some, uh, I was going to say dewey, doozy, doozies. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Whoppers. Yes. Um, <laughs> some whoppers. Some dwop, dwoppies. Is like, yeah, some whoppers. My, my Midwest oh, no, is coming it's up. happening. It is. Uh, quarantine brain. It's Friday. We got to get out of here. But listen, last week, Keegan fills Schmeichel's gap with C-men. And the week before, purple-haired lesbian goddess flattens France like like a crepe was definitely a standout for me. And I will say, to toot your horn, James, you have been 
instrumental in upping the gayest news headline of the week headline <laughs> game because you do a really great job of finding some of these. Thank you very much. It is my investigative journalist background. It's my science <laughs> brain as a nurse practitioner. I'm like, I gotta get to the truth. I gotta find the gayest <laughs> I gotta headline. Get to the it truth. is, and they are well. They're very funny. They bring me lots of joy. So if you are uh, looking for something else to do with your time, just go read like instead like accidentally funny news headlines. They will give you quite the chuckle, and then you can fill up another 93 seconds of your super boring day. That is, of course, after you finish listening to us on Drop the Subject. But this week, we have four new headlines, Allie Johnson. We do. These are our four finalists that we have found, scoured the internet for, and we will put the finalists up on our social media at DTS Show. For your voting pleasure, it's important to vote, and your vote always matters here on the new Channel Q. So without further ado, your four finalists this week are... Number one. Headline... Uh, you, oh, you oh, go. I'm going to steal this one. Wait, no, one. No, this is all yours. This is all you. Yeah, because then, because you have to read the last one. Yeah, this is how Ah, this is yes, I do. Yes, okay. this is why. Yep. Okay. Uh, speaking of draft in the NFL, headline number one. Will 49ers plug that large hole in their defensive line? Oh, you always got to plug those holes. It's important. Especially the large ones. I saw a lot of uh, large defensive holes being plugged yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. And some more today. Thank you, NFL Draft. Yeah. All right. Headline number two. Spearman surges into semis. (laughs) (laughs) I believe this was a wrestling headline, too. So it was also accompanied by a man... In a position on top of behind another man, which made oh, it great. even better. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to include visuals in right. some of these. <laughs> we love it. Just go watch. That's another thing that's been fantastic is, you know, I get random cable channels like the Big Ten Network and their wrestling channel or whatever. So, you know, wrestling's great. Fun, fun to watch in quarantine. Okay. It's uh, another way to fill in 90 seconds. Of ain't it, run. though? Uh, headline okay. num- number three, start eating these two fruits for a better night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely help you sleep at night mm-hmm. if you eat some good fruits. Sure I'm will. I'm sure you can attest to that, James. Yeah, I know a little something about eating fruit. <laughs> and finally, headline number four, a little something I know something about. How one softball star included her dog in workout routines. <laughs> it's br- brilliant. Come here, girl. You want to do this with me? Come on, let's go for a run. Oh, <laughs> I can just see it all now. Doing laps around the living room, uh, gardening together, bench uh, pressing your pit. I can bench press my pit. She's great. She stays. Okay, you know, she she's eighty five pounds. She's a big girl. She, right, she's, she's a big girl. Stocky like me. She's she's a good girl too. She's totally <laughs> totally a good girl. Uh, so, you know her background is that she was a be- They love to say the background of the of the animal. Of course, <laughs> like the entire background. And then we got. She her actually from grew here. up in a crack house, right? And uh, was a puppy mill before that. It's like this whole story. Like, don't ask about it because you're like, oh, here we and go. Like, here we go. Um, I I do have pictures. If uh, if uh, you have time, you know, I'm, look at, I this is her before. With the, look at these scars on her face. Completely gone now. <laughs> They're gone. Um, yeah, we use this cream. So uh, 
I'm a little bit that way with our dog too because we did rescue him and he was like found <laughs> like they thought he was a rat when they picked him up Aww. off of, and he was like had been burned he was rescued out of some fires like during one of the bad fire seasons a few years ago and he was like literally like dead and they just like threw him in the back of the truck they're like we might as well take this dead dog home with us and <gasps> like to the shelter well lo and behold it wasn't a rat it was a dog and he came back to life and now he's in a little boba tease <laughs> That's <laughs> a little Bubba Jones story. Bubba wow. Jones, yeah. Bubba Jones origin story. You know, yeah. I think that that does speak to the uh, like swapping war stories, swapping shelter dog stories uh-huh. is like a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Well, my dog was almost they th- thought he was dead. Oh, really? <laughs> my dog had three legs and now it has a prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's a ghost. It was dead and now it's back to life. <laughs> anyway, gayest news headlines. We thank you. Please go on social media at DTS show to vote. And uh, what the hell do we have coming up Dr. next? Dr. Jen. Oh, Dr. Jen. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. Hey, stay tuned. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Happy Friday again. Drop the subject, listeners. And because it is Friday, it is always that wonderful, awesome, amazing time because we've all still been going crazy mm. with quarantine. Um, but and we've survived. We've made it through the week. And one of the things that is most important that I know has impacted me personally as well is how to make our relationship work in this new world. And we, we have done a lot of really good things. And I think, I think really the key is here, like the first couple of weeks, we were like, all right, we're just going to sort of plow through this. Mm. And then on like week three, we kind of made it a vacation week, which is just we're travelers. We like to vacation. So we just kind of did that for us. But now that we're into like weeks four, five, six, and this is getting serious, I, we have really got to come up with some strategies to to make sure that this is gonna last like our relationship because coronavirus quarantine is gonna last. And so Dr. Jen is here with us to help us kind of talk about what are some things that we can do to not, uh, you know, go crazy in your relationship while we're quarantining. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure you've all read that divorce rates are skyrocketing. You know, anecdotally, I have a girlfriend who was taking a walk around the block, obviously with the mask and the gloves and the whole thing. And she was walking around the block. She told me that she heard two different couples in a one block radius screaming at each other. So So I think it really speaks to couples are locked up together in small spaces, like you're saying, over long periods of time, starting to realize that this could go on a lot longer than we ever anticipated in the beginning. And break, people are hitting their breaking point. So it's really important to be proactive in what we do as a couple so that we can actually utilize this to end this stronger than we started, not just individually, because you've heard me talk a lot about kind of using this to work on yourself, but also as a couple to be stronger as a couple. And and the first suggestion that I have for couples is going to seem counterintuitive and that's spend time apart. And I understand (laughs) that there are some couples who are quarantined in a studio apartment in New York where they don't have space. Sometimes that spend time apart means going into the bathroom and taking a really long shower or getting to make some phone calls and FaceTiming with your friend or parents or someone from your support system, just so that you've got that kind of separation, you get that support on your own before you come back into the relationship. Because ultimately in situations like this, separation breeds closeness in the end. And it's really important to have that time apart. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you have to be an expert on your relationship too, to be able to pick out those points <laughs> because like I've been in a relationship for a long time and they're like, I feel like I'm better at realizing like, okay, I think 
no harm, no foul, but we should take a little space. But I can imagine for a couple that just moved in together or something like Mm. that, they're still kind of figuring out, you know, how much space to take from one another during this time. That could be a really difficult thing to navigate. And also, you know, one thing along those lines is that it's really important to know when you're triggered as part of a couple and be able to take a time out to be able to say like, hey, I think I'm too worked up. I need to go take that long shower by myself. I need to take that separation so that I can have a breather. And it's not a separation of the relationship, but just to kind of have a little space to kind of calm yourself down. Look, I'm a professional. I write books about relationships. And I know that I've had my moments in all of this. And my partner, Eric, has too, where we've been like, oh, we just need to take a a time out and we got to practice what I preach because it it can get tense. It can get, it can get tough for all couples. Now, what about number two on your list? Because uh, having a date night seems like an almost impossible task, especially for people like you, Dr. Jen, who have kids. And you know what? It's really important to take that time and also to demonstrate it to your kids. It's harder if you have toddlers, then you're going to have to wait until they are asleep to have your date night. And it may not be like a full multi-course dinner with candlelight, but it may just be, you know, sit and have a glass of wine together by candlelight. Or, you know, if you have a fireplace, if you're fortunate enough to have a fireplace, sit by the fire and and have a face-to-face chat. We have to be creative, but there's nothing wrong with saying to your kids who are old enough, you can feed them earlier and then say, mom and dad are going to have a date now or mom and mom or dad and dad, we're going to have a date now. And, you know, why don't you go hang in your room and, you know, play a game or Zoom with your friends, depending on how old they are, so that you as a couple can take that time. And again, it's really important kids see that you're making your relationship a priority. That is good for kids. I love that. I love uh, next on your list to this work on a project together. That has actually been it's been both a source of frustration with each other. And, uh, you know, the old thing about like, you should never like it's the test true test of a relationship is to put together a piece of furniture. But we've also picked some projects that we both know, like, all right, these are we both feel really passionate about these. We both know what our skill sets are with them. So we're going to do them do them together. But what are some projects that don't or things that maybe don't feel so chorey, right? I'm tired of doing my chores. Yeah, I understand last night, Eric and I were doing chores together. Although I consider it to be very romantic. I think it's very hot to watch him do dishes. It takes me to a whole other level that I never imagined, but that's just me. And, you know, and, and I wrote Love it. It's about, all about chore play. Oh, yeah. Nice. So it, it, it's a very, very popular one. Um, but look, it can be anything from painting a picture together to put in your living room, you know, order some art supplies. It can be doing a crossword puzzle together. It can be cleaning out your garage together. It can be hanging pictures on the wall. It can be anything that is collaborative and that is, you can make positive. I agree with you. Putting together furniture can be trying for, for a lot of couples, but doing something that's more relaxing, even like take up needle pointing together, make pillows for your couch. Like, I don't care what it is. Knitting. Yeah. Doing it together. That would be such a disaster in my house. <laughs> the one of the few positives about this is that I'm seeing a lot of people learning skills that they never thought they would do. Look, I'm an example. If you follow my Insta stories, I don't cook. I've now been following recipes. God bless Chef Chloe in in New York (laughs) is amazing and is vegan. And she actually has 
in her recipe book, recipes I've been able to follow without losing my mind and made amazing things, which I never thought would happen in a million years. And that can be pretty sexy too, cooking for each other. All right, when we come back, we're going to get to some of the other things on Dr. Jen's list here from her InStyle.com article on how to use social isolation to make your relationship stronger. Sex, I do believe, makes an appearance on this list. We'll get to the rest of it when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Back on Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, my favorite guest host and nurse practitioner. And we're on the phone with Dr. Jen about how we can use this quarantine to make our relationships stronger instead of fall apart, which seems to be the growing trend. And we've covered a lot of things so far, having a date night, spending some time apart. But uh, I think numbers four and five, connecting on a deep level, and then number five, which is making some social plans together. My favorite study about connection is one by a guy named Arthur Aaron, and he had single heterosexual men, single heterosexual women in a study. He gave them 36 questions that were in escalating levels of intimacy. And none of it was like wild and crazy, like super crazy revealing. But he had them ask 36 questions to one another. They took turns and then at the end rated the level of intimacy. One couple actually fell in love and ultimately got married. When this study was recreated by a professor named Mandy uh, on the East Coast, her and a fellow professor fell in love and ultimately got married. So what it really speaks to, and he talks about in the study that a sustained, escalating, reciprocal, personal disclosure creates intimacy. In other words, slowly and gently increasing the intimacy. In my book, I have a copy of Arthur Aaron's 36 questions in my book, The Relationship Fix. It's in one of the appendices. And I recommend all couples... You know, sometimes we get rusty on our conversation skills or we think, oh, we know everything about our partner because we've been together for a really long time. Try these questions. You may find that something surprises you. You may be really, you may discover something about your partner. At the very least, you will be more intimate. We've done a few of the questions and Katie told me a lot about what my ideal day was like. (laughs) I don't know if that's that's part of the plan, but making social plans, having sex, which seems like a no brainer, but for some people are not feeling really too sexy right now. A hundred percent. I am talking to so many people who are feeling very anxious, feeling very depressed, feeling very um, scared, feeling a lot of resentment towards their partner because they've been cooped up and tempers are flaring and people are saying and doing things that they might not otherwise. So having sex can be really challenging at a time like this. But the problem with not having sex is that not having sex breeds not having sex. So sometimes you got to just bite the bullet and just take one for the team and say, you know what? We're just going to do it because we need to break the cycle. And even if it's not great sex, because we're kind of in a weird state of mind, it puts sex back on the on the buffet menu, which is important for couples. It creates intimacy. It's easy to forget how much it connects you and bonds you with your partner. It was really interesting. We actually took that the time to sort of do that. And we we try, we, we're pretty good about spontaneous sex. We try not to like have to schedule it because we feel for us that kind of takes the romance away. But we actually sort of scheduled a block of time this past weekend, like or last week, to just like, you know, 
let's just create like get get both of our heads in the right space do whatever you need to do to get in that space and then this block of time let's try to make it happen and it worked and one of the ways that it worked was because that block of time also included next on your list number 7 putting our phones away which was so huge yep it is so important and it's easy to forget you know connection i often say is the oxygen for a relationship and you can't fully connect when your face is in your phone you know i can't tell you how many times I have seen people in my practice, in my life who say, oh, well, I can multitask. I can hear what you're saying, or I can hear what my partner's saying, or I can hear what my kid is saying. You want to give your partner that attention and that focus because what it says is, you are important to me. I care about you. Eye contact actually stimulates a whole bunch of great things in our brain that helps create connection. So putting down your phone is actually really important. And then finally, being collaborative. This whole we're in it together vibe and mentality is so important for couples, but we are both dealing with this in a completely different way. I'm I'm having a harder time with it. And Katie's more like, this is great. I'm living my best life. I love working from home. So how do you create <laughs> that we're in it together vibe when you're dealing with it so differently? Well, I think that first of all, you have to respect one another's place that you are emotionally and it can change. Look, she may be, I'm living my best life this week, but a month from now, she may hit the wall and be like, I'm so over this. I'm freaking out. I can't take it any longer. So what we have to, first of all, assume is how we feel at this moment isn't how we're going to feel forever. And same thing with our partner. So to be able to say, look, I, that's great that you're in a better place and how great as a couple of, look, it's always better when one person is in crisis and the other is not. You're Where you get in serious troubles when both people are in crisis at the same time. So great, Katie right. gets the fortune. And then at some point, those tables may turn. So support each other. But also when it comes to making decisions about what's right for your households, I see a lot of conflicts about that. How long do we leave the groceries outside? How long do we wait till we take a package inside? How much do we have to wipe things off? I see a lot of conflicts over issues like that that have to do with the virus. So work together collaboratively and err on the side of the more conservative person when making these decisions. Dr. Jen, you have many books that people can benefit from. And if you want to buy one of them, The Relationship Fix is just one of them. It's Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. And those 36 questions that you mentioned are in there. You can also follow Dr. Jen at Dr. Dr. Jen Mann, two Jen, two Jens, two ends on Jen and two ends on man. Thanks, Dr. Jen. My pleasure. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Always wonderful to talk to Dr. Jen. I'm Allie Johnson. It's okay to talk to me too sometimes. And James Simmons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nurse practitioner who ah. has a degree ah. and a lot more experience with important things than I do. But it was. It's always fascinating to talk to Dr. Jen, and it always kind of applies to our own situations at home. I am dealing with a situation mm. when it comes to our plans for the weekend. I am getting pressure both from my wife and from someone else in my circle who is becoming a bad influence. Uh-oh. My mother. Uh-oh. <laughs> My mother uh-huh. and my wife are co-conspiring. Is that the right word? Yeah, I, uh, we can go with that. Yeah, that'll work. All right. Is it's it a biopic co- it's a, or biopic? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> they are peer pressuring me into a visit. My mom's going, well, you know, it's going to be really nice this weekend and there's not going to be any traffic. And mm, we've got this really lovely pool in our backyard. And my wife is like, yeah, let's do it. Yes, I need it. <laughs> and I am trying to be strong and maintain my bottom line of no we are sheltering in place we need to be sheltering in place uh-huh. but then those things go through your mind right where you're like come on Allie it's not a big deal right you'll just social distance from your mom and your and your stepdad it's fine we'll stay away the whole pool. time yeah well, yeah we'll just stay away from everybody and you'll wear masks so what do I do I've got this devil angel thing going on and Ugh. I've got my when your own mom and your and your wife are trying to and I'm sure this is I am I'm being authentic right now and explaining yeah. my real situation because I do think there are a lot of other people that are experiencing something like this where there's one person going like, well, what's the what? Come on. Right. And what's, one of my mom's defenses was, but we're family. And I'm like, but so <laughs> but, what do what what do you think I should do? Oh, mom. <laughs> <laughs> mom you're not making it easy she's uh, not she's like well that would be fun and i'm like no yeah, mom but we're family yeah it doesn't mean that the vi- oh oh co- covid's gonna be like oh well that's just Allie's mom i'm not gonna give it to her i'm not gonna <laughs> jump to her because they're family no the mm-hmm. virus doesn't work that way okay so listen we're all going crazy we're all going crazy town right now we need to see people i think that this is important there are neighborhoods that are doing like in like cul-de-sacs, they'll all go outside at the end of their respective driveways and sit with their lawn chairs and sort of like shout at each other. They're staying so far away. One of the things that I think will will help maybe sort of everyone to make their decision in, in your situation, Allie, is that there's actually nothing magical about six feet. Six feet is actually like the minimum distance. And what we're finding is that this thing might be a little bit more airborne than we thought, right? So it might hang out in the air a little longer than we thought. And if there's someone has a really forceful sneeze or cough, oftentimes that can travel 10 to 20 feet. Ah. So even if you are, but it all depends on where, where you are and what you're doing. So in a house where the air is a little bit more static typically and someone sneezes, it's going to travel farther than let's say if you're outside 10 to 15 feet away from each other, sitting on lawn chairs, you sneeze in the opposite direction, Mm. then you're, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to get on you as much. So I, I still feel like the official recommendation has to be no, only in that there are so many of us who are probably asymptomatic carriers. We don't even know that we have it. And that's we're car- the thing. Yes, yes. That's and, the thing that really, like when you're, and you have these, I'm just being totally honest here. You like, I, we've been talking about this nonstop about like, let's stay inside. We got to stay inside. We got to stay inside. Yep, yep. And there was those little things where I'm like, well, I mean, my mom, I've been talking to my mom every day. She's healthy. But then you go, got to go back to the carriers, the people who, who are asymptomatic, the people who have been exposed or are uh, would probably test positive for the virus if we had enough tests. Yep. Right. Yep. So. It, it, that's true. At this point, I think that if you always keep this one thought in mind, at this point, you have to assume everyone is infected. 
Yeah. So it's but the carriers. Just let that carry you through when you are tested with decisions like this. You're not helping, Mom. More after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, it's funny because yesterday on the show, we debuted a sort of new segment called DDIY, Don't Do It Yourself, where we highlighted a a really bad hack job haircut that a woman gave to her Pomeranian. If you haven't seen that yet, I think it's still available on our Instagram story. Oh, my God. (laughs) If you need to kick up your mood a notch, that dog after its haircut is how a lot of people are feeling right now. But there is another aspect of DDIY. People are doing something at home that they really should not be doing. I'm sure you'll be able to weigh on this, uh, weigh in on this a little bit as well as a as a nurse practitioner. Are you um, calling me fat? <laughs> you'll definitely be able to weigh in. You might break you the can scale. Weigh on this. <laughs> Listen to this. Noticing a new and unsettling trend. People are removing their own moles while quarantined at home. Tampa dermatologist Dr. Seth Foreman tells it on your side. Some people are removing their moles or skin tags with knives, toenail clippers, ugh, even dental floss. He says not only is this dangerous, but it also prevents a doctor from detecting underlying issues like skin cancer. Okay, so the the doctor is now about to speak about why oh. you shouldn't be doing this, but oh. to to now think about your significant other. You're quarantined with your husband james and people who Uh are quarantined with even just a roommate a family member um and you picture your husband who you know and love very much Uh uh-huh if he walked up to you and said hey i've got this mole i'm a little worried about we shouldn't probably go into the dermatologist right now would you mind just getting some dental floss and taking care of that does that cross a line, even as thin as a dental floss line? Does that cross a line for you? No, l- ah, yes. Not in that I won't do it because I, like not in that it would gross me out. I'm not going to do it because it's, are we trying to intentionally frustrate me this, this show? Yes. I think this is what we're doing this show. I feel like my head's going to explode sometimes. No, no, no. <laughs> Just removing a mole with scissors or, or, uh, and duct tape and Windex and dental floss or whatever you're using does not work. And if, okay, we need to evaluate whether or not these things are cancerous. So sometimes when we're removing them, you gotta we, do the being a dermatologist, right? It's we're sending the tissues in to be tested so that we can tell you whether or not this mole is bad or good, right? Or nothing. It, no, don't do this. The bigger issue here is that there, there are two things. When you start stabbing yourself, you are introducing other bacteria and it is an opportunity for infection. And if those infections get out of control, then you have to go to the hospital to get it treated. So you're defeating the whole purpose of trying to do something at home anyway. And two, moles bleed. They bleed like sons of you know what. Forever. So it is hard to get them to stop bleeding when you are doing this. And so we can do this professionally in offices or hospitals. This is what we do. Do not do it at home because you can't get the bleeding to stop. And then you're going to have to end up going to the hospital anyway. So either way, your whole point of trying to avoid going to the hospital, you're not going to do. People. James is not upset at all. Here's what the doctor has to say. People cannot stop bleeding as effectively as we can here in a medical practice. And you you can't prevent infection as well as we can in medical practice. The other part of (laughs) removing a mole is sending it off to a laboratory and testing it to make sure that it's not a cancer. 
Dermatologists, including Dr. Foreman, are offering virtual visits. So if you'd like more information, just head over to our WFLA app. Okay, so if you are, have a troubled mole or something that I think what's going on here is that we have been in isolation for so long that you're just staring off into space and then you look down and you're like, what's that mole? Where, where'd that, that come doing? from? Does that look weird uh, to you? This I've never is, seen that one. Yeah, that, hold on. Is it changing shape? Like your, your in, quarantine brain is <laughs> setting in and making you see things and worry about things that you normally would not be worrying about. Like how often a year does a person need to worry about a mole? Like I mean, why is there such an uptick that so all these people are doing <laughs> right, it from like home? The, immediately, right. No, and listen, call your primary, email them. They're around and you can send them a picture. This happens all the time. Send them a picture and say, do I need to do something about this? And then your primary care provider will be like, yep, you do. Let's set an appointment with this dermatologist who's going to wear a mask and Lysol surfaces, <laughs> not their body, and make sure that you're safe. You should get it checked out. Let a professional do that. This is what, do you want to pay my Wrap student loan debt? Then stop trying to act like me. Ugh. All right, all right, just breathe. We're going to take a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jason Carter, okay? Oh, Shh, we'll give you some good. Jason Carter. Yeah, he's going to, PC police are joining us. The pop culture police are next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back with Ali Johnson and guest co-hosting with me, James Simmons. But... It's also important that you and I, James, we're no experts on pop culture. I mean, I saw that One World concert on Saturday and I was like, I am just not surprised at how many people I don't know on this lineup. <laughs> like, who are these people? So we figured it would be a good thing to get a, a regular segment going with Jason Carter. Jason, you know a lot more than we do about pop culture. So we are calling the PC police, the pop culture police. Jason Carter is from the Young Turks. He's also so you can see his naked buns on RuPaul's Drag Race very often. Uh, so you, you know all things entertainment. How's it going, Jason? Hi, guys. Hi, Ali. Hey, James. It's going great. And thank you for that glowing introduction, thank as you. always, every yep. week. It's the highlight of my week, Ali. You restore my faith in humanity. I love it. <laughs> wow. If I'm restoring your faith in humanity, then I don't I know. know. The bar we must got, be low. But well, we what's, got some issues. <laughs> but what's going on? What do we need to know about School Us, Jason? Okay. Q2 in the year is a huge time for music, right? Because what happens in before Q, after Q2, the summer, songs of the summer, but a lot of artists who had major albums that were slated to be released in April, May, and even June have said, skirt, no, not doing it. One of which has been the return of one of country's biggest girl groups, the Dixie Chicks. The last time we got a Dixie Chicks album was 2006, 14 years ago, The Long Way Home, Grammy-winning masterpiece, and they said, bye, Felicia, we're having the seat for almost 20 years, and we're back. Gaslighter dropped earlier this year. Everyone was amazed, over yeah. the moon. Wide open spaces were now filled with people. Ah, <laughs> uh, very <laughs> good, <laughs> very good. Singing Dixie Chick songs, but as of, as of <laughs> well, a day ago, there has been an indefinite hold on this album. And the only statement that the girls and their label, Columbia, is releasing is it's been postponed point blank period they're really smart to probably do this because you know there's uh, we i've gone back and forth on this and i have a little bit of a personal connection to the dixie chicks my best friend happens to be very good friends with them 
I don't know any inside tea though. Like he's very good about sort of keeping those things separate or whatever, but I've met the girls a bunch of times and they're really lovely. And so I really want them to succeed and I want the album to succeed. And I think it will regardless because there are so many Dixie Chick stands, but I'm of two minds. Like everyone's sitting around at home with nothing to do. They could listen to this album and download it. But then also like, everyone's depressed right now and everyone's like not leaving and you usually book a tour right to support mm-hmm. an album release and there's no way where the money is right now yeah well it's interesting you bring that up about people being at home wanting to stream music but again the last time the girls dropped an album in 2006 the landscape of music has changed of course considerably and touring is where the money is not saying that these these artists are in it for just the money which i mean i would be if there's a lot of money to be made however artistically <laughs> they want to be able to bring the experience of this music to their fans beyond just streaming and beyond just recorded um, audio from the albums. It's a whole immersive experience these days when it comes to releasing an album. Look at Beyonce and Taylor Swift. They have documentaries, movies, in addition to merch, in addition to the actual body of work, which is the album. So it makes sense for them to say, hey, let's pull back and possibly give this to the people when they can better receive it. Also, Alicia Keys said bye, Felicia, and Lady Gaga has also said, nope, we're not doing it. All have pushed their dates back to December 31st, which is, I think, the default for Apple Music of an indefinite release date. So it's by Alicia. (laughs) By Alicia. Instead of by by Felicia. Felicia. Oh, ha ha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now we're one for one. uh, Right. I'm slow today. Sorry. I've had four (laughs) cups of coffee. Still trying to get on that fifth. It's all right. We'll fix it in post. So the (laughs) what I also find interesting is that I've been reading some articles about how people aren't really listening to music right now, which is just an interesting thing to me as far as how people are ingesting entertainment in quarantine, right? People are watching things. They're not necessarily listening to as many uh, new albums or music at all. It's just kind of overall on the decline. And I just, when I think about an album release being put off, I'm like, oh, why? But then when, you know, you put it in perspective, Jason, and also just thinking about the way people are ingesting media right now, it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. And think about this. When you're at home, normally, I mean, I don't speak for myself, but like on the radio and when you're in your cars or when you're out and about, that's when you consume a lot of music because it's like this background noise, unless you're intentionally trying to listen to something. When you're at home, you have so many more things to do than stop and listen to an album. Television, I feel like streaming, Netflix, HBO Max, all of that. I mean, God, there's so many. It seems like it's more of an, it grabs your attention, I guess, more because it's a visual medium, right? There's so much more stimulus than just listening to an album. So there could be some kind of scientific rigmarole going on behind that. But if I had an album, Allie, and I, it took me 14 years to make it, and then all of a sudden right. the end of the world happens, no, that's going back in the cookie jar until I can get a return on my investments. Exactly. All right. When we're going to take a break, when we come back, we're going to talk about Harry and Megan. What? They're back in the news. Uh, and we're uh, also going to talk are. about some of the other things that are going to be streaming. Streaming is the new trend. And according to Jason, it may have been happening before COVID. So we'll get into that when we get back. Let's just drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to drop the subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons, guest co-hosting on your Friday with your Ali Johnson. And we also have Jason Carter, who is here. He's from the Young Turks, RuPaul's Drag Race. You've seen him on CNN and VH1 and uh, Entertainment Tonight and all over the ding-dong place. And he is PC police, as in pop culture police, schooling us right now because Ali and I are not the best on entertainment. Like, we got sports, we got politics, but we're not the best on entertainment, but we want to give you guys a little something-something. So, in the last break, we talked about how the Dixie Chicks and several others have postponed their album releases, but there have been some 
some other sort of ways that music is happening. And I know earlier this week there was, Jason, this big like Jersey for Jersey concert that sort of followed up the One World. And I guess that this is like turning, kind of turning into a trend. Absolutely. So the Jersey for Jersey concert was to help the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund on Wednesday. Uh, we had Bruce Springsteen, the boss, of course, Jersey native. Also, John Bon Jovi and, and other artists from New Jersey, including Halsey, SZA, uh, who finally went by her name, Solana. She introduced herself as Solana from Maplewood. Oh, so she's wow. keeping it real. She, she she's a real one, repping for the right. people. <laughs> And um, also, Fountains of Wayne, who, as we know, lost their a member of their band to uh, to the coronavirus, Adam Schlesinger. So, I mean, it was great. It was an hour. It was like a lot of these streaming concerts. You have people in the comfort of their own homes, acoustically giving you some of their biggest hits and doing it for a great cause. And I also, I would like to say that intermingled and weaved in that is just this sense of community, you know, because I think that's what people are wanting is to feel like they belong to something in isolation. Yeah, we have social media, we have all these ways to kind of virtually reach out to people, but sometimes that's falling on deaf ears and people just want to feel like they're being heard and seen and music is a great comforter, if you will. So it was a great concert. Uh, John Bon Jovi, legend. Ageless wonder, by the way. Have you seen all those things about how all these people are talking about like he must be a vampire or something because he just, I mean, he kind of, he looks sense. a little bit older, but he just like, like looks the same, acts the same, talks the same as he did in like uh-huh. the 80s. Right, well, when you're rich, that happens. <laughs> J-Lo, hello. <laughs> Oprah, hello. Angela Bassett, hello. Janet Jackson, hello. No, but you're right. He does a great, and I mean, his, have you seen his kids? They look great too. Yeah. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> John Bon Jovi's a real one as well, and just the simple fact, as I said, that these really rich I idols and icons in music are taking the time to to really give to give back to the communities that have supported them for what forty over forty plus years is really heartwarming. So it was really cool to see. Well, and it's also this is a moment where we kind of get to see the realness, and I think that's the important aspect of doing these live stream concerts because I watched One World last weekend, and there were some people that were really they were getting very unfiltered and very real and being very transparent and that mm-hmm. you can appreciate especially from a celebrity then there were some people that i just feel like missed the mark and it was very glaringly obvious like i didn't have i didn't have a chance to watch Jer- jerseys for jersey but i imagine the more we do these streaming events i just hope that there's a level of authenticity that's a, that's appreciated and kind of recognized by some of these celebrities because some people's like very filtered or they're still lip syncing, you know, or they like didn't really, they could tell they weren't very comfortable talking. And it was just kind of like, eh. like this is a moment is where hard. we all do need to get real. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it doesn't get more visceral and more authentic right. than that. Right. And I do, I do think that it also shines a light alley on some of these stars who, may have been uh, great in the studio, really good behind a filter, really good behind the glaze of stardom that's controlled and curated for the public. And then when you strip that away and thrust them into situations where they probably felt obligated to do these things because of what's Mm -hmm. happening, you really see the real of that person. But hey, in their defense, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're raising awareness. Jason, you mentioned, I think, off air that there's a couple of other, like, really quick, there's a couple of other sort of these live streaming things that that might be uh, for the community. Well, it's interesting because prior to COVID, you guys, streaming, live streaming events was becoming the thing. You had, I mean, from Kanye West and, and his Sunday service and just a myriad of other things, it was becoming like this new way of being accessible to your stars and also accessible to these very unique and these very uh, once-in-a-lifetime situations and events, right? So we have GLAAD, which is hosting the Together in Pride, You Are Not Alone uh, 
Facebook Live. It's going to be on April 26th at 8 p.m. And the event is just to highlight the LGBTQ plus response to COVID-19 and amplify messages of acceptance and affirmation to the LGBTQ plus community and people living with HIV during this unprecedented time. So you can go to the Facebook Live uh, page for GLAAD and get in on that. And the members... Um, are also going to be live tweeting. It's going to be really, really cool. And there's just a, a myriad of different things coming up. God, there's, there's a list. Let me give you one more. iHeartMedia, they're going to be hosting a virtual prom for Southern California students live at 6.30 on May 1st on Kiss FM's YouTube channel. Wow, why this is awesome is because, as we know, Everyone's missing there's prom. no proms happening. Yeah, they're missing right. prom. <laughs> they can lose their virtual virginity. <laughs> right, right. And, and while social, while social distancing, yeah, it's like it's like an immaculate conception, right? But, <laughs> but I have been watching a lot of interviews on on shows and just reading a lot of tweets from from people who are in affected, majorly affected communities that are that are sad that hey, we know that what we're doing is is flattening the curve. We know we have to do this for our parents. You know, the the more at risk people in our community, but also part of them is sad that they're not, that they're not going to be able to relive this once in a lifetime experience that is so meaningful in high school. Cause you, you guys remember when you graduated high school, prom was either where you got laid, you got drunk, you had your first kiss, you slow dance with that guy or girl that you finally had the balls and be like, Hey Mike, uh, do you want to dance to, I don't know, Britney Spears with baby one more time, you know? <laughs> yes. And that's exactly how I talked when I did that too. <laughs> right. So, right. But then you yeah. also will never forget your non-prom. Well, I'll do you one better, Allie. I got left at Red Lobster at prom. <laughs> well, then maybe some proms are worth forgetting. <laughs> I got left with the cheddar biscuits at Red Lobster. So. Oh, hey, well, that's I mean, not that too bad. Be... At least there's some biscuits on the table. Hard and worse, cold. Worse oh, no. Oh well, that I look forward amazing. to the next phase, which is going to be like hologram concerts in our own living rooms. That's that's going to be the real future right there. Brought uh, to you by Amazon. Yeah. Right. Jason Carter, I know we didn't get a time. We didn't have time to talk about Harry and Meghan, but I think they were talking to the queen on her birthday and that's about it. Thanks, Jason, for schooling us. Jason Carter, you can, where can people find you once again? In my home, in the living room, doing uh -huh. nothing. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Online at Instagram, Jason Carter Official. You can find me on Twitter at JDC Forever and say hi, say hello. Thanks so much, Jason. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Oh boy. Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. It is Friday. Do not drink Lysol or bleach. Uh, thank you, Jason Carter, for giving us a little bit of lighter PC police schooling us, right? Um, pop culture police on all things um, fun and entertaining, something that Allie and I are not always the best at, which is why we love having Jason around doing that. It is now time for me to dominate again with News It or Lose It. I have three headlines. I'm going to, I am guaranteeing that Allie will pick all three. That's how good wow, I am. Wow, guarantee. I mean, A no. guarantee from an NP? For that, for that case, uh, for that reason, she probably won't. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, now, nah. all right. Three headlines. Allie picks them. Headline number one. Most popular baby names of 2020 so far with a new <gasps> clear winner for the boys. Ooh, I always love talking baby names. You know, we did a baby name draft a while ago. Yeah. I don't know if we do them for 2020 yet. Yeah, I want to hear. Uh, dad convinces kids school will open seven days a week with genius fake letter. 
Mm, okay, sure. All right, very good. And headline number three, Mr. Rogers' longtime gay co-star calls him <gasps> the love of my spiritual life. Mm, yes, I do have to give you a three for three. Hey, you can't end on a Mr. Rogers. I can't lose Mr. Rogers right now. I wish that guy was still alive. And the number is three. So, Francois Clemens, best known as Officer Clemens on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, has kind of opened up about his relationship with his longtime co-star, detailing the love between the two. Now, I'm not trying to be clickbaity about this. Uh, I didn't know that he was dating the cop. So, Clemens will publish a memoir entitled Officer Clemens on May 5th, detailing the working relationship between the two. In a new interview with People, Clemens offered a preview of the book's contents. Quote, I didn't know what I was so hungry for until I heard Fred Rogers (gasps) say, I love you. Clemens said oh that when God, I was growing up... That is a gay up, news headline right there. Well, ain't it though? Right. Well, he was saying, when I was growing up, men were rough and macho. You had to be a man. And I didn't fit any of that. So he goes on to talk about how they had a, a an intense emotional and spiritual connection. They could do that thing where they didn't need to talk um, about particular things. They could just look at each other and know and... Um, you know what that he's okay and he's like even even now more than a decade after Roger's death in 2003 Clemens says the two are closer than ever so it gets a little it goes there he is with oh. me more now than ever fred doesn't speak but he lets me know it's quite sacred how nice is that during quarantine wait we don't speak but isn't the guy dead yeah so then obviously so it, so- obviously they don't speak he said, Fred doesn't speak, but he lets me know. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. like he like lets me know that he's there. I was right? like, wait, is he not dead? And he's like in... Okay, 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 got it. <laughs> wow. Um, Interesting. So they had a little something there. Right, right. Isn't that brilliant? Uh, or not brilliant. This is what's brilliant. That was very sweet. Dude, Mr. Rogers' Gaberhood. Mr. Rogers. It is the Gaberhood. Um... <laughs> Dear, uh, what does it say? Unfortunately, with your child staying at home, this means your child may have missed over 50 plus days of school by the time we return to normality. I would like to take this opportunity to reassure you that we are doing everything we can to ensure your child's education is maintained. For this reason, when schools reopen, we will quickly make up for lost time by not only teaching your children from Monday to Friday, but also making it compulsory (laughs) for your child to attend school on Saturdays and Sundays for the first six months. Oh my God. Signed, (laughs) yours sincerely. Sincerely, Boris Johnson. <laughs> oh, and did this <laughs> Prime, happen in England? Prime Minister, right, of the UK. How <laughs> funny is that? So this dad pens this fake letter, signed Boris Johnson. It's got the 10 Downing Street, like, uh, insignia no on the way. top. It says HM Because he's got time. Exactly, right. And uh, he's like, my youngest has been banging on about a prank she pulled for a week and has, has been royally pranking us all day. Little does she know her father is the prankster. Oh, like this is mom, I guess. Uh, master both of them then uh the bonus is that their sadness has brought a hush into the house because i guess the kids were like really sad and pissed off that school was going to be seven days a week once they go back oh that's great you know it is hard though my uh my wife's dad is an educator and he was like this is really hard because i can there's only so much i can do right i'm teaching them what i can teach them on zoom Uh or whatever but if they don't go do their homework and they don't do if they don't show up 
there's not a lot I can do. And it's 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 interesting how a lot of it has turned on to the parents to be st- really strict with them. Uh-huh. And that's kind of not happening. Anyway, well, uh, is, all right, final story. See, uh, did you see uh, Will Ferrell's shirt? See, paparazzi got him taking out the trash like a couple days ago. And his shirt was like, teachers should be paid a billion dollars a day or something like that. Like he's been wearing all these teacher shirts because he's like, I can't with my children. Um, yes. All right. So uh, really quickly, any guesses on the most popular baby names? Do you have any that are, I mean, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but uh, uh. while you think about it, so, you know, according to the parent parenting website, Nameberry, there have been some new trends emerging when it comes to popular monikers so far this year. And there are several new additions to the most popular names list. No, they are not Lysol or Bleach or Rona or COVID. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I'm guessing now, so nine months ago, was Game of Thrones still on is the question. No, it has. Uh, uh, well, May, right? May of last year. So, um, yeah, it just on, ended. On, uh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to go with the standard. It's Emma. It's always Emma. Luna tops the girls' <laughs> Luna. list. Yeah, the name of the Roman That's moon. That's a dog name. Moon. She's the Roman moon goddess, Allie. You should know this with your goddess circling and all of that. Like, <laughs> Luna. And the most popular boy name taking over for Milo last year. This year, it's Asher. Oh, God. <laughs> Asher just seems like the new Chet. It does, right? Or like Bryce. Bro- yeah, Bryce. Brock. This is Asher. Hey, what's up, I'm Asher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Anyway. Well, the world is doomed. Yeah. Uh, happy endings, though, are next. We're going to turn this into a positive after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, unfortunately, it is time for us to hop off the airwaves of Channel Q. But the good news is that we will be back next week and we will be talking uh, about bread. I know, I know. It's shocking. Everyone is making bread right now, so we will talk about how to make bread in the Monday Munch Report. If that is not a tease, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, we also are going to be talking to next week at some point, you'll hear Cameron Esposito on the airwaves of Drop the Subject, which is going to be really exciting. I'm a huge fan. But for right now, let's, uh, let's give you some happy endings to take into your weekend. Sure, there's bad news out there all the time, but it's important that we make it positive. I know it's been a tough show for you, James. You've been very irate. (laughs) But can you give us a great happy ending? Uh, I can, you know. Um, It it really has been a tough show for me. So I feel like just, you know, to go out on a good note this weekend and everyone stay happy and upbeat and positive. uh, Don't drink bleach. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. good note. There good you note. Go. Thank very you. happy. Very, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, I will follow up my happy ending to, uh, I will follow up your happy ending rather to improve your mood even further. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> yes, it is true that Donald Trump suggested people should start uh, soaking in UV rays and injecting Lysol in order to com- combat the coronavirus. And that might make you angry, James. Oh. But on the bright side, According to our friend Dave, the Trump supporter, Netwar One, mm-hmm. I think he said it. Well, he said this. I get that sometimes we need to hate on Trump, but he's the president and he is just trying to lead us through this pandemic and he's coming up with ideas. Um, Does that make you feel better? Breathe. Mm. Mm. I can feel. In through the nose. 
You know, anger travels mouth. much farther than six in. feet. I think that's what we <laughs> in through the nose, out through out through the. You don't spitball ideas at a press conference. You do. That's not where you do this. That's fine. It's a legitimate question. If you want to ask, like, hey, like, why can't we? People have asked me this. Why can't we just put Lysol in, inside of us? Like, why can't we just drink bleach? It's a legitimate question. You just don't do it at a press conference where the entire world is listening, where you've told us a hundred thousand times that the whole freaking world is listening. You don't do it there because then people are going to do dumb stuff and go drink bleach. Be responsible. If he is the president, act like it. Everyone adopt a puppy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can adopt a puppy right Happy now. Endings. Isn't that great? Uh, Happy endings. Why don't you go uh, just just hang out with some Bubba Jones? You get yourself oh, some Bubba Jones Bubba time. Jones, he's the cutest <laughs> and he is the pup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go talk to my cats. James is going to go talk to his dog. You're going to go talk to your plants or whoever. Uh, talk to yourself for all I care. We'll see you Monday for a fresh new week of Drop the Subject. We'll see you then. Bye. On the, ne- on the next, Drop the Subject. On the next show, for Just the Tip Tuesday, quarantine is making it a lot harder to end conversations. So how do you end a conversation with someone when you have nowhere to go? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So, um, hmm. Um, well, I should go into the living room now. Yeah, yeah, I should go uh, pet my dog. Me too. I should do that. Yeah. Allie, you don't have a dog. I can tell the video isn't freezing. You don't need to hold that position. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.